The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Rameen. If you or someone you are close to is dealing with addiction, there are so many programs out there that can help you. But how do you gauge which ones are going to work the best for you? Some are expensive. Some deal with some of the issues, but don't get to the heart of the matter. Others treat the problem at a basic level, but don't determine ultimate success. Join us now for an hour that sets out to be truly groundbreaking and will help you discover how to find the best program for your addiction problem. Now, here is Ross Rameen. Hi, welcome to the show. This is Ross Rameen. Thanks for joining us today. Um, we are coming to you from Los Angeles, California at the Rebos Treatment Center. Uh, we really appreciate you uh, joining us each and every Tuesday morning um, at 9 a.m. Um, Rebos is an outpatient um, and detox uh program here in Los Angeles. If you want to hear more information about our place, go to rebostreatment.com. That's sober spelled backwards, just in case if you haven't figured it out. Um, anyways, we have another edition of Client Files today, um, and we have Kaylee, who is 32 days sober with us right now, and she um, her drugs of choice are heroin and benzos, and um, she's 24 years old and she's um, been nice enough to come in and chat with us of what's what she's doing at 32 days of sobriety which congratulations that's a big you. deal thank you very much you got it um, uh, like most of the people that come on here I don't know anything about them yeah. and I like it that way and you don't know a heck of a lot about me right. so it's just basically two drug addicts that are talking about whatever whatever's going on in their life you you're when you told me you were a heroin addict you know, everybody kind of comes in here, and I can always kind of pick what they are. I, I swear in both of my parents' graves, I would never have guessed that you would have been a heroin addict. No. no. Are you an IV user? Do you smoke it, snort it? Um, well, I snorted it for a really long time. Um, and then when I, after I got on my second treatment center, um, I was in a sober living for about six months. Um moved out um with another girl and one day she was like um i'm gonna get high and i wasn't strong enough in my recovery to sit there and watch her and keep in mind i'd always just snorted it um but she was an iv user and i saw how high she was getting to compared to how high i was getting so that was you're like i want that yeah when i started IV in. wow so how old were you let's back it up when did you when did you start drinking doing drugs when Um, when did all this start I started drinking probably when I was about 14. Mm-hmm. Um, Eighth grade? Freshman yeah, year? Yeah, I was probably about, yeah, I was like, fresh, probably freshman. Okay, freshman in high school. Yeah. Got it. And how'd that happen? Um, well, I, when I, I grew up just watching, I grew up in chaos. Um, what do you mean? Like, my... My mom was a single mother, um, and she is like a functional addict, and she partied all the time. So I grew up watching that party lifestyle. Um, what do you mean she partied all the time? What is she doing? 
Um, I mean, she was drinking, drugging. Wow. Um, so that curiosity was always in the back of my mind. Um, and we always had alcohol in the house. So, um, you know, I would have my friends over and, um, you know, just one, one day I got into the cabinet or in the fridge and, um, you know, it was just like a, a, a weekend thing of, of drinking. Wow. Um, and, you know, and that's whenever it started. Um, it was just a, it was more of a social thing. Drinking was for me. Um, but the, the drugs really started in high school. Um, what was your first drug? Um, weed. Weed. Yeah. Most people's. Yeah. Most people's, and you're you're 24 now, so Correct. you're talking 10 years ago. Yeah. So you've been drinking, doing drugs for 10 years. Right. It's a long time. Yeah. It's a decade. Yeah. It's a decade. Yeah. It's a little more than half your life. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty it's wild. All, yeah. Have you ever thought about that way? Um, I mean, yeah, I reflect on it a lot. You know, like it's all I've. I'm just look back and it's like that's all I've been doing and you know it then I get really down and I'm just like I could be doing I could have been doing so much if I you know they say if you've put in if I have put towards my success of what I put into my drinking and drugging it's like it's hard to tell what what I could be doing right now like I have my associates in criminal justice and I haven't did jack with it what do you mean you want to be a cop uh, not not the cop thing maybe it like I don't know probation officer or like correction officers some source of that um, why why yeah I, I well, don't you I, know, my good, father my good father question no my father-in-law is an LA is an ex LAPD cop and I think it's tremendous and I've known a lot of cops I don't know but I don't know many cop people cop that come in here that were like I want to be a, no. a corrections officer or something where, where I mean I went to I don't know I went to school honestly I was like I was in my addiction when I went to school. I'm like, to be completely honest, criminal justice was like an easy thing. But my mom was a paralegal for a while, and I thought that was really cool. And I took some paralegal studies. But I don't know if I could do that with my degree. I don't know. Like, when I think, I've always just known, like, I was from a really small town. There was nothing to do. And I always was like, I've always known in the back of my mind that I wanted more than just my small town for myself. I always wanted more. And, like, when I talk about my addiction, like, whenever I was in my, my last treatment center, I was like, I, it's crazy that I'm in California right now. That I'm not in the best circumstances. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm in a treatment center. But in, in, a, in an ironic way, it's like I'm in California right now where there's so many more opportunities. So I'm looking at, I look at all the dark places my addiction has brought me. And it's just like. I'm looking at it as a positive outlet. You know what I mean? Like, I'm out here. I can do so much now. You know, all I have to do is just stay sober. And and that's why I'm looking at it now. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the way I'm looking at it. Um, yeah. Wow. When there's... You just said so much there. Um, you just said so much there. When... I mean kind of nuts um your mom and respectfully to your mother you know she's drinking she's doing drugs what about your dad my dad is an alcoholic yeah yeah like my mom do you have much of a relationship with him um he was just like a holiday father if that makes sense total um, sense like, yeah um and you know I, I still worry like it's funny i was just having a conversation with my sister like i still worry about my mom like uh 
because she's still using to this day like she's on suboxone um she was on she was on opiates like my whole life like and the only thing we expressed in my household was anger it's like the only emotion that we we showed for for one another Mm. um my mom had me when she was 16 i had to grow up very quick um like to take care of my sister pretty much you know like i gave props my mom did work two jobs she busted her ass for us um, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, we, like I said, we lived in a small town and we moved 12 times between two small cities. And I never understood that. But being in my addiction and now that I've gone through it, I understand why my mom was. I understand today why my mom was the way that she was, you know, be, because I've been in addiction. I know what it's like. You know what I mean? You've but, worn her shoes. E- exactly. Um, and I always was like, I, I never wanted to be like her growing up. And I feel like I've, I've, I've was on that so much that I kind of turned into her in a sense um, because I turned into be an addict you know what I mean like but I don't know um, it's just it's crazy to me like uh, just the whole the whole scenario just everything you know what I mean it's just, it's just you sound you sound tired but you also sound very thankful yeah, to be I, where you're at yeah, right now. Absolutely. You don't know where you're going. No, I don't. I definitely don't. <laughs> but that's okay. You know? That's okay, though. I mean, you don't know where you're going. I mean, you're 32 days sober. Yeah. You don't know what's going on right, right. now. You, I mean, you, this isn't your neck of the woods. You right. grew up, I mean, totally on the other side of the country. Yeah. Is this your first time to California? Uh, I came out here in September to visit a friend. Uh, Just coincidentally? You came out here in September to visit a friend? Yeah, okay. um, she's out, she's also in recovery, oh, and she was out here, and I came out um, to visit her. So mm-hmm. this is my second time, and I plan on staying out here and making a career. You know, that's my hopes and dreams. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to do? Uh, good question. I, I mean, I'd like to do something in my career. Yeah. For sure. Great. Um, I mean, working in recovery would be cool too. Absolutely. So what when you okay? You first started. You started smoking weed. Right. Well, how old were you then? Uh, you had your first drink at fourteen. 16. Yeah. I okay. About so a couple of years go by. You start smoking weed. Right. Then when do you get into you know heroin and benzos? So when do you get into heroin or benzos? What okay, comes well, first? I was probably about. 18 I started getting on opiates really bad and I was on those for probably about and opiates are you talking pills or heroin no pills like um oxys yeah I was yeah like Percocet oxycodone I was on them probably are you eat are you swallowing those Uh, snorting them both um yeah I was on those for probably about a solid four years five years would that do for you I mean at first I've never done any oxy of any really? cotton you know cody um, nothing like that i mean i've never it just wasn't it wasn't i don't want to sound old but I, it's like it wasn't my generation right. you know we just weren't pills yeah it just wasn't i mean kids had ritalin but it wasn't like you took ritalin for ritalin re, like it was came prescribed right. little in college people were snorting it but it wasn't anything we did we did mushrooms we yeah. smoked weed. Yeah. Uh, we smoked a lot of weed. We right. did a lot of mushrooms. And um, then cocaine came into play, acid, you know, that type of shit. But not, we, I never got into the pills. It just, it wasn't there, I guess. See, and like, pills were a huge thing back in my hometown. Um, so I did those for about four years, I would say. But, and that's what eventually led up to the heroin. Um, but uh, I managed it for 
a long time. Um, I was working for the local courthouse, and I kind of had to put on this persona. Like, I, you know, I was two people, I, you know, at the courthouse, I was like, you know, got all dressed up, went into work, was this happy person, and, you know, then at, went home and partied, you know. But uh, I only could put that up for so long. I started dropping weight. I started looking like shit. And my boss... Started looking sucked in? Oh, so bad. You know? <laughs> and eventually my boss, you know, then comes the calling in for calling in sick, you know, because I didn't have what I needed. And uh, it just went downhill very quick. And I'll never forget on Mother's Day... Um, I this was, past Mother's Day? No, in 2015. Got it. Um, I was going out for a dinner, and I was so sick, and I went to my friend's house, and she was like, here, this will help you feel better. Still to this day, do not know what it was. Um, and <laughs> but you took it. I just took it, because I'm like, you know what? I can do all these pills, you know, all this uh, Percocet, and it doesn't do anything for, you know, it barely does anything for me. But when one person said you used to do a lot for you, right? Yeah, and I can take up to like 40, 60 milligrams and barely feel anything. So I'm like, this pill's not going to do jack for me, you know? She's like, it'll just help you take the edge off. And so it takes about 20 minutes out to my my grandmother's house. And uh, I just remember like going in and out of consciousness. It's like the last thing I remember. And uh, I hit a bridge like head on. Did not have my seatbelt on or anything. And then I went over the bridge. It was probably like a 10-foot drop. And um, Is that what this is from? Uh-huh. Is that what this is from? The, the scar? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, and um, so, you know, and those are the moments that you realize that there's something greater than yourself that's looking out for you. Um, and I did not have my seatbelt on or anything. Like, if I showed you pictures of, which I'll show you here in a little bit, if I showed you pictures of my car, it literally looked like a, sm- a smash pop can. And, like, I just came out with, like, a few scrapes and bruises. Like, my head even hit the windshield. You know what I mean? Um, and that was kind of, like, the moment of, like, that was, a, after that was the first time I went to treatment. I was like, I've got to do something, you know? I've, I've got to do something with my life because my life was falling apart and it that was like a wake-up call for me what all right so it's unbelievable you're i mean (laughs) i wouldn't expect that coming from somebody that i mean it's it blows my mind each and every time i talk with people clients come into treatment and i've been doing this for almost 10 years yeah. You know, I, I got into this business literally the day I got the 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 day I got out of treatment. I was working in this field, and it blows my mind when I look at people. It's like you think you know somebody, you don't. Right. You died. As far as I'm concerned, you died. I mean, think about I mean, it. I easily could have. There's nothing yeah. about that. Yeah. I mean, you got to kind of look at it as you did in a sense because. How many people, I mean, the fact that you were high probably saved your life. Yeah. They always say that. They say the people that are drunk or that they always survive yeah, the accident. Yeah, i heard that. The reason why is because they're so loose. They just, they go with it. It's people, I am a big snow skier. They say, if you're about to fall, just go with it. Because the people that end up hurting themselves are the people trying to muscle their way, you know, so they don't fall. And then they end up blowing their knee out or whatever it is. Right. You were probably a rag doll. And you just went with it, and that's how you survived it. But talk about, I mean, talking about flirting with death, 
you hit a bridge mm-hmm. and then you fell down a thing 10 feet and you got a big thing in the top of your head, which yeah. doesn't look bad by yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm not trying no, to make you I self-conscious. Know, I know, I know. Um, but, I mean, I got a big one from late night, four in the morning stuff. Um, <laughs> college is brutal. <laughs> um, but it's, it blows my socks off to think that, I mean, you know, you had a wake-up call there. Right. And so, you have this wake-up call that goes on. You took uphill that you have no idea to this day to what this it day, was. I have no idea. Um. You were driving to your grandmother's house? Yeah. Who found you? Um, funny, these people, like, literally, there was houses around, but I guess everyone was, like, home, go- or not home at dinners or something, so I knocked on, like, two people's doors. No so you got home. out of the car? I, I, yeah, I had, it was, like, in this, like, little river-type thing, and uh, got out of the car, went up, and I just had to, like, sit there for, like, ten minutes, hoping that someone would come, and these New Yorkers were driving by, and uh, I sent them up to my grandma's, and then, like, my dad and them came in the ambulance and so forth. And, uh, you know, I feel bad. I ruined the Mother's Day that day. It was just, it was all bad. Um, but uh, it's just, it's like, and that still wasn't enough. It still took two, you know, it's like, well, I'm still on this journey. But two years later, you know, it's like, and that was, that's followed by, like, and I overdoses, and, like, it's just... How many overdoses? Um, three. Yeah. Three overdoses. Yeah. But, um, I just, uh, you know, and I've put my family through hell. Like, my grandma, there for a while, she, you know, I'd call my granddad and he'd be like, your grandma sleeps by the phone, you know, and that's like, no, that's not a good feeling. Like, I don't, I don't like hearing that, you know? I, I don't like hearing that I put them through that. Um, That's a lot. But it's just when you're when you're in that selfishness, it's just I don't know. Let's. I want to talk more about selfishness, and then I want to talk more about giving your grandma some props because it sounds like she's a big deal to you. She really is. Yeah. She's a great. She's a I great. I can see woman. it in your eyes when you say, it. "I put a, put grandma heart on my piece of paper." <laughs> yeah. Um. We're talking with Kaylee right now. She's 24 years old. She's, um, you wouldn't know by looking at her, but she's um, she's just like me. She's just like a lot of people. She's just a former drug addict, and she's trying to do it different. I say former because I believe that you are a former yeah. drug addict. I do. I think you want to be better. Absolutely. Um, but let's get back to selfishness when we get back. We're going to take a quick break, okay. and then I want to talk about selfishness. I want to talk about what this does for you and what this does for for us, you know, as a society, I just got goosebumps by saying that. Anyway, thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Getting sober isn't just about not drinking and not doing drugs. It's a way of life. At Rebos, we have a team of talented professionals, each with their own clear and distinct message to walk clients from the darkest point in their lives out into the light. Rebos offers a carefully curated selection of groups and workshops in addition to a minimum of six individual sessions per week. At Rebos, we believe there are no cookie-cutter clients, and we meet every individual where they are at today. It's not a Rebos program. It's your program. Our team wants to help as many people as possible become who they want to be. And if you don't know who you want to be, we'll help you. 
Visit Rebostreatment.com to learn more about the Rebos Treatment Center. That's R-E-B-O-S Treatment.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Ramin. To find out more about Ross and the program, visit the Rebos Treatment Center website at Rebostreatment.com. Now, back to the power to create yourself. Hi, welcome back to the show. Um, this is Ross Ramin, and this is the power to create yourself. And we've got another uh, episode of Client Files going on right now, and we're talking with Kaylee. And during our last um, segment we did, Kaylee um, is now showing me pictures of her car um, on her phone that is just you you hit a bridge you took a pill that you didn't know what it was right. to this day you still have no, no idea what it was absolutely no idea <laughs> no all i know is it Dude, I've had a couple completely of those. out of consciousness and um you're on your way to your grandmother's house on mother's day yeah. you hit a bridge mm-hmm. then the car rolled down and was going into a some sort of uh, it was like, like a little river, like, like not a river very bed. big though. Like I guess it's more like a like a like a riverbed or something. Yeah. What kind of car was this? Uh, it was a a Toyota Corolla. I can't even. I mean, obviously the people listening to us can't tell what this is right. or, or can't see these pictures. I literally cannot tell what kind of car this is. Yeah. You are. I mean, this windshield is gone. The front. I mean, the front of the car is gone. I mean, this is. Kaylee, I'm looking at a miracle. Mm-hmm. That's bad. That's really bad. And, and that was two years ago. Yeah. And now you've still gone through this for two years. Right. Like that that had to be on some level some sort of a wake up call, but not the not the blunt trauma wake up call. Right. Did what so you had a couple of random people driving by, a couple of New Yorkers in their car, yeah. cruising the country, right. and they saw you. They found your grandmother. Ambulance comes. Dad comes. Blah blah blah. What happened after that date? Did people know you were high? Um, or would you tell them? 
I would not tell them no. Like, I mean, I know my grandparents always suspected it because my grandmother asked me like so many times. I mean, I was dropping weight. I looked bad. Um, my grandma, she would ask me so many times, like, are you using? Like, please just tell me. I'll get you help. But I wasn't ready to accept the help. And I, de- I definitely was not ready to tell to tell my grandma. I-, I already saw the disappointment in their face before would have been bone crushing to you yeah I like I wasn't ready to tell them I, I didn't want to let them down so now my mother my mother knew I I've used with my mother so she knew that I had used um what's that like using with your mom um it's awkward it's weird um I'm not proud of it uh I wouldn't tell anybody um I mean, I'll admit it today to, like, people in recovery because I'm comfortable with them. But, um, you know, I just, growing up, like, I would go to, like, my friend's house and I would see, like, the relationship that they had with their mother. And I I wanted that. And I never had that. And, like, it was fucking depressing to me (laughs) um but it's just something that I have to accept but I'm not gonna lie a part of me is I don't know if I'm ever gonna accept it like um accept what the fact that me and my mom have uh not an, an uh how do I word this we just the relationship I have with my mother was not what you had pictured no I no not at all um I wanted that mother daughter bond do you trip over that still yeah not gonna lie I've worked it with um many people about it and um it doesn't really get easier I still want that I mean we we, don't get me wrong it's not all bad like she supports me and she's there for me to a certain extent, but my mom knows how to throw those low blows. She's, like, the one person that I can go to for anything, but she's also the one person that can, like, hurt me the worst. Yeah. Um, Usually the ones that are closest to us can do that. Well, yeah. She knows yeah. your buttons better than you know your right. buttons. Yeah. But it's, like, she can she can also be there for me because, like, she's, she's still in my shoes, and she gets it. And, like... My biggest, one of my, my biggest hopes would be, like, my mom sees me doing it, and, like, my mom wants it, but, like, we're from such a small town that, like, it's so, we have, like, two AA meetings in the whole town, and, like, she would be so embarrassed. I know. I know my mom. She's all about, like, presentation. Like, whenever, we'd be the type that would be, like, screaming in the car at each other, but, like, the minute we'd walk through the door somewhere, just, like, we smiling what? on our face, like, you know, like, that was us. Like, oh, we're here. Like, we're fine. This is my daughter. And, like, I'd be there, like, you know, yeah. like, with. You have no idea what just happened in this car. Yeah, right. What happens, like, so... You're, I see so many things going on here. Your grandmother obviously is a huge deal to you. Mm-hmm. This your mother's mom or your dad's mom? That's my mother's mom. Okay, and um, and then let's. I want to talk about the selfish side of this whole thing. You hit a bridge, you fell down, and then before we went to break, you talked about selfishness. Yes. What What did you mean by that? 
Um, I know what I mean by it, but what do you mean by it? Okay, what I mean by it is, like, when I'm in my addiction, um, I am running around, I'm hurting the ones that I love the most, and I I truly, I, I don't mean to, but it's just what comes with my addiction. Like, I, I won't call them for... I won't like for instance I will not call my grandmother if until I feel better until I get my fix even though she's I know that she's probably sleeping by that I mean this sounds super cool but even though she's sleeping by that phone um wondering whether I'm I'm a dead or alive like I'm I'm not well and and nothing I put nothing before my addiction and it's so sad but it's like whenever I'm sober and I'm clear-headed it's like it hits me like a ton of bricks and I feel so terrible and and I try to explain it to them that I don't mean in any way to hurt them on purpose it's just when it comes to drugs and and alcohol like it's just it's so hard because you get so deep in your addiction and, and whenever you're sick and you don't feel well and it, 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 it's hard to explain to them too, because they just, they don't get it. No. They try so hard and I give them props cause try to explain to them. And it's like, when I hear my, my grandmother crying on the phone, like it's so heart wrenching because I don't mean, be in any, I don't, I don't mean in any way. I don't mean to hurt them. It's just like, when I'm in my addiction, I mean... You have no control. I have no control over None. it. None. You You're know, not even like, you. No. You know, and... You're... Do you realize... You said before... I think you said before you're like two separate people. The person at work and the other per- And then the drug addict you. Yeah. Correct? Right. Do you think that's it? Do you think there's just two of you? I, mean, I counted 12 of myself. Yeah, no. Yeah, of course. There's so many of me. You know, there's like the liar. You, you know? have a da- you, you, you have the girl for your dad, the girl for your mom, the girl right. for your grandma, the girl for work. Yeah. The girl, I always say the real girl, the real guy, the, the, the real person is who's alone in their bathroom. That's the only time. Because that's, I'm trying, I always thought about it. I was like, when am I actually me? Yeah. Think about that. When are you actually you? Even now. Like, I'm sure of it. And I and I say this with a ton of love and a ton of respect, but I've been through eight treatments myself that there's a girl that you are when you're by yourself in the bathroom. And I'm saying, but it's true. I mean, think of every, there's no place on this planet that you're actually really alone. Yeah. Besides a bathroom. Right. <laughs> and, but you're probably, you probably got a little bit of somebody when you're with one counselor and a little bit of somebody else with another counselor. Right depending on how you feel with them, the connection, you know, a group of people, when you come into treatment with, like when you drive in with, who you're hanging out with, I don't know if you smoke or not, but you're, you know, you'd hang out with those people. If you go to an AA meeting, whatever it is, how much of the old you do you believe is still here after 32 days of sobriety? Have you fully, that might be an unfair question. Have you fully identified all the characteristics of the old you? I don't think so. I mean, all of them. What do you think's the big ones of the old you? Who's the what? Another page here. Who's the old Kaylee? What does the old Kaylee do? Um, I mean, she can be very like cold-hearted. I think. Um, on what? On what topics? 
well, and selfish. Like, she only cares about her. I mean, you mean an addiction, correct? Well, yeah, but but think of it this but way. But the old Kaylee before or before drugs? No, the, the Kaylee during drugs. I mean, granted, you started doing drugs right at puberty. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I don't even know who the Kaylee without drugs is. <laughs> Congratulations. That's a huge deal because yeah. think about it. You went from puberty is right at give or take 14. Yeah. You know, it, ish. Guys change, girls change, stuff goes on. And puberty goes until give or take 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just using round numbers right. right now. And so you were an adolescent. You started doing drugs. So you're going, you know, you're going this way. And then puberty's supposed to go and turn you into a woman, which is going to take you up here. Now, I'm doing, like, for the people that obviously aren't in the room with us, I'm doing these finger <laughs> fingers with my fingers. So it's like a little line. And But then you did, started you started drinking and smoking weed, which took this weird jagged line down here. Yeah. You hijacked your chemistry. Right. So you actually, at 24 years old, have never organically met yourself yet. Think about that. Yeah. So, kind of, I asked you kind of a trick question. Who's the old you? And you don't even know because it's not like it's not like you started drinking at thirty, and then now you're forty and you were stone cold sober until you were thirty. Yeah. So you were able to grow up in blah blah blah. Thirty, like I don't know, you just became some crazy lady doing drugs, right. and then forty comes along and blah blah blah. No, you hijacked yourself just like ninety percent of everybody else right at puberty. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, because my family would say for a long time, like, every time I, I would be in treatment, like, we just want the old Kaylee back. We just want the old Kaylee back. And I would argue with them that I don't even know who that is. And, you know, we'd go back and forth a lot. And, you know, we just... There's parts of it, though. I'm sure old Kaylee is very sweet. Well, yeah, I'm very, I'm a very tender-hearted person, um, you know, like... Uh, very caring and loving like you know like I know in that sense of who I am because that is who I am Um, but it's like the things that I enjoy and the things that I like like I'm I'm still finding out today like what I like to do like especially sober um, what I like to do, what I enjoy doing, and you're I'm dating still yourself. Find, yeah, I'm still finding out who I am. You I know mean, literally, I mean? you're dating yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, you're right. you're literally dating right. yourself. Yeah, and it's awkward as hell. Yeah, it is so, and I'm so <laughs> awkward in early sobriety. Like I'm so awkward. I hate it. I hate it. You don't even know when to hold your own hand. Like <laughs> seriously, you're trying to get to first base with yourself. I mean, let's so be honest. It is so you're trying to get to first base with yourself. You're literally trying to hold your own hand. Like, <laughs> Like that's literally what it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, you had a, probably a different way that you hung out with dudes, hung out with girls. Right. I mean, you have no idea how to talk to your mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all you want to tell your grandmother right now is how amazing you feel. Yeah. Because you still can't even talk to her about the old you. Right. I mean, it's you're at this. You're at a really cool. I I, I loved it. I mean, as I well no take that back <laughs> looking back at it I loved me in that position because I could really see how much control I had when I thought I had no control but you know but then really taking myself back to day 32 oh man it was a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I say that with so much respect but it's like because you kind of still have one foot I mean not that you're trying to but you kind of still have one foot in the old you mm-hmm. and you have one foot in the new you 
and time can't go fast enough for you to be two feet into the new you. It's right. not a light switch we're flipping on here. You're trying to get who the hell you are. Yeah. It's 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 scary as shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. And plus, you're in Los Angeles. Right. I mean, Christ. I mean, throw a girl bone. I, I mean, know. come on, man. Like, what am I going to be doing with my life? Get you a know? job first. Don't get a career. I know. Just get a job. Yeah, I know. Starting and then we'll, small and, like, working my way up, you know? It's I like, started off at, when I... I have so much anxiety about it. You're 20, you're 23? 24. 24 years old. I got sober when I was 30. And now I just turned 41 two weeks ago. And it was, uh, like, 30 and change. Happy birthday, Bob. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm, I'm in my 40s now. Um, I'm not just 40. I'm in my 40s. Um, I got straight at 30. And all of my friends had passed me. They all graduated college. They're all married. Some of them have kids. They're making actually money. But you're 24. So people are still in an awkward stage at 24, though. They are. But I feel like all my friends from high school are already, like, literally what you just said, having babies, had babies, or their careers are started, and I'm over here, like... But, are they worth... But, okay, that's one thing. You know what? We're going to take a break, because this, we got... What, what are we talking... We're talking about what the hell's going on next, and, this, yeah. and we're scared shitless, correct? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Fear. Yeah. Fear. Yes. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to talk about fear when we get back and why Haley's so scared, Kaylee's so scared, and why I'm so scared. And we're going to go on from there. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. Getting sober isn't just about not drinking and not doing drugs, it's a way of life. At Rebos, we have a team of talented professionals, each with their own clear and distinct message to walk clients from the darkest point in their lives out into the light. Rebos offers a carefully curated selection of groups and workshops in addition to a minimum of six individual sessions per week. At Rebos, we believe there are no cookie-cutter clients, and we meet every individual where they are at today. It's not a Rebos program. It's your program. Our team wants to help as many people as possible become who they want to be. And if you don't know who you want to be, we'll help you. Visit Rebostreatment.com to learn more about the Rebos Treatment Center. That's R-E-B-O-S Treatment.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Ramin. To find out more about Ross and the program, visit the Rebos Treatment Center website at rebostreatment.com. Now, back to The Power to Create Yourself. Hi, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining um, for joining us today. We're coming to you from the Rebos Treatment Center here in Los Angeles, California. And we have another amazing edition of Client Files. I get so many people that just, you know, I get a lot of doctors that come on here. I get a lot of big hoop to use, but you know what? Learning about addiction, learning about what people go through from actual people that are, you know, suffering from this stuff. And I love it because... You know, I'm talking to Kaylee right now. She's 24 years old, and she's at 32 days of sobriety. She's She's been doing heroin. She's been doing benzos. I think you were smoking some crack a, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And you know what? I've never done heroin. I have never done any benzos. But your story and my story, and granted, you're 24, and I was 30 when I got straight, are very similar. We were so scared. Yeah. We were doing so much damage. We were so selfish. We had 20 different, you know, Kayleys, 20 different Rosses going on. Um, we were full of shit. Yeah. I mean, and we had and we had all the chances of having success going on. And before we went to break, we were just talking about, um, we're talking about fear that, you know, I was talking that, you know, a lot of my friends, they were all in their in their 30s now and they're all married and having kids and have careers, not jobs, but careers. Right. And you're seeing the same thing. Yeah. Um, and it's I and for whatever it's worth, where that was my path. It was mine. You know, it's your mom was never the way that you envisioned a mother to be. Right. But she's yours. Yeah. You don't have a choice. Accept it. I know you're having problems accepting it. Right. But just accept that's what it was. Yeah. You know what? You wish it was somewhere other way. And maybe someday you'll be a mother. Yeah. And you can you can make up for that difference. That That's where you get your, your second chance. Right. You'll have that. But all you can do now is be the daughter that you would want to be to your mom at 24. Mm -hmm. Just be that. That's all you can do. The cards have already been played. It's already done. And you can't have one foot in the past because it's just going to totally jack you up. But I had to say that to you from before because it was just, it was, it was, it was eating me alive. Um, And you know what? I was never... There's so many things. And even if you never had drugs is an issue. And your mom wasn't an addict and you didn't grow up where you grew up and blah, 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 blah. You will always, always, always have something where you, I wish it was this way. You will always have that. Always. On a variety of different levels. You're 24. You're not 34. You're not 44. You're 24. You're still very young. It's great. 
I was 30 years old thinking that my whole life had gone, and it turned out that I actually was able, it turned out to be that the reason why you and I are talking right now, you know why we are? It's because I was a crackhead. Think about it. The reason why I have a career right now is because I was a drug addict. I met my drop-dead gorgeous, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, gorgeous wife because I was a drug addict. Yeah. And it really turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. All your friends at 24, they're having kids and having jobs, I guarantee you are going to have to have a reset button. Nine times out of ten, that's what it is. You have a team of people around you right now that are, you can do life correctly. I'm willing to bet a lot of them have probably kind of pulled the trigger a little too early on a couple of different things. Mm-hmm. I would think. I mean, statistically. Um, that would be my thought. But what I was telling, telling Kaylee during the break that at 32 days of sobriety, you are farther along than I am. I literally, you can go out right now and go go buy your own orange juice, right? Correct? You can. You don't need supervision to do that? Right. I literally could not be trusted. Couldn't be for 60 days. I could not leave a staff member's side. I was out of my mind. I literally ordered, I was at a treatment center that had this hot tub that I literally ordered pool safe hot tub bubble bu- bubble bath mix and dumped it all in it. <laughs> <laughs> I was crazy. They couldn't trust me going to Starbucks. I was out of my mind. And now I own this crazy rehab center. You and I are talking because I was a crackhead. And you were a drug addict and now we're hanging out. Yeah. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. You have a story. You have an amazing story. You have a book here. I mean, all this stuff. Kelly, you've been through three treatment centers. You've been in and out of of the rooms, as you say, for two years. You're 24 years old. You hit a bridge with a car that is completely unrecognizable, fell into a river bed. You have a great scar on your forehead that marks it so you'll never forget it. Unfortunately. It is what it is. I got one on my lip. I got hit by this palm tree in college that was a fake palm tree. You have a grandmother that is overly in love with you. You have a mother that probably loves you to pieces, but she's got her own stuff going on. Your dad's got his own stuff going on. Yeah. You've got a little sister. How much younger is she than you? Uh, she's 18. I'm she, the oldest out of five, though. You're the oldest out of five? Yeah, but my, uh, my one sibling, Kara, is my full sibling. The rest are half. Got it. Yeah, but Kara's the one that I actually, like, grew up around the most. Um, are you the leader of the pack of everybody? Uh, or are you even close to the other three? Yeah, Trace, which is uh, me and Kara and Trace grew up w- with my mother because my mom had custody of us. Um, the other ones I don't get to see as much. Yeah. Um, but I'm very close with all my siblings. Like as much as I can see them, I try to see them. Yeah. Because um, family is like very important to me. Really. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I just I know it. I haven't been home very much, but it's like I can't be home. Home's not a, a good place for me. I have terrible memories there. It's nothing good comes of that town the only thing that is good in my home place is my family that's it um doesn't matter where you grow up you know I, I couldn't go back i'm from chicago i couldn't go back to chicago for a while and the one time that i had to go back i was in and out in one weekend like 
like it was like secret mission, like right. boom, boom, yeah. in out. I didn't go back for seven Christmases. Seven. I was like, I can't do it. Yeah, like I was in treatment for Christmas this past, um, just this past Christmas, and you know it was like devastating to my family, like because that was the first Christmas I hadn't spent home, and uh, like. How was it for you? It was super hard because I had a relapse in treatment. I'm relapsing in uh, treatment this past time, and um, you know, not that that wasn't an excuse at all. It was very stupid of me. Like I, you know, um, is that when you were smoking crack? No, uh, I just I drank. Um, Why'd you do it? You were in treatment and you drank. Yeah. Um, How'd you get it? Lit- the uh, people in the house brought it in. Um, Literally, like, there wasn't one person in my house that was not drinking, and I was going through my own shit. Um, you know, it was one of those things where all of a sudden I was just sitting in the, the fucking aftermath, and, uh, like... You're like, I'm here again? Yeah, like, I felt so stupid. Did you see it coming before it happened? Yeah, because, like, it was, like, leading up events, like... They were at Walmart and, like, buying it. And I was just, like, sitting there debating in my head, like, should I not? Should I do it? And, like, you know, it just happened. And I just, I don't know. I felt so, so stupid. But, like, like I, I want more for myself. So more for myself. And, like, I, I know I can make this my last. But, like, and I, I want it so bad. Like, I... I don't, I don't, I'm to the point where I, I just like throwing up my hands that I'll, I'll do whatever. Like my last, uh, sober living, I had the sponsor. I relapsed before I got to my fourth step. Um, and that was the first time, like I had really, truly tried. Um, like I used to set meetings and hear people say like, do the next right thing. And like, things will like fall into place for you. And I used to be like, that shit sounds, it sounds so corny. And then, like, I started applying it to my life, and things actually started to fall into place. And I was like, you know, like, this is this is actually recovery. Like, this is what it looks like. Like, and then this is what it means to, like, show up and, like, when you actually put the action into play. Like, you can't just expect it to, like, fall in your lap, just, like, going to meetings. I don't know how to, I don't, I don't know. I know exactly what you you're saying. You know what I'm saying. trying to say? I do. Um, but... You're trying to just put, you know what, don't even look at it like you're trying to be sober. Because you can be sober, physically sober, and still act like the old, you know, the old you. You totally can't. It's changing my whole way of thinking. I can't. You are, you're coming to be, go through your day saying, I want to be a productive person in society. Yeah. That's, honestly, that's what I do. Because when I went through treatment all those times, I kept looking I kept looking for like a beer. I kept looking for the bag of Coke, like physical objects, the ex-girlfriend, that that ex-guy friend, you know, this type of thing. And what I should have been really looking out for is emotions right. and um, who I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of a, th- it's, it's just like running a business. It's just like any, it's just like driving. When you're driving, what are you doing? You're looking down the road of what not to hit. 
you know yeah. and granted people are going to come by and you know they could try to you know they're going to try to swerve into you totally you're going to get some old lady that can't see you over the steering wheel she's going to be like this and right. there's going to be some kid chasing a ball on the street right but you're looking up far enough down the road and your reaction's quick enough that you can either you know juke out of the way or you know you can put on the brakes but you got to be looking down the road far enough and I when I when I used to relapse, it became so obvious to me that I was looking at my toes while I was walking. So I'm like I'm standing up, but I'm looking down. So I'm running into walls. It's kind of like looking at the front of your car. Like if you're looking at the front of your hood, like if I'm driving down, and this is the front of my hood, that the part of the desk, I can't see that bridge down the road. Right. I can't see the deer that's crossing the road or the oncoming traffic. You have enough time. That's what you have to do. It's the same way I run a business. I have to look down the road of how to make money and how to how to keep the lights on. You know, I got to save money away because I got my electric bill at the end of the month, or you know, I got to pay my employees. You can see a bag of coke from a mile away if you look down. You can see a person that does not want to be sober. Right now, it's today's Thursday. Wednesday. Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. I kid you not. If you go downstairs right now, you can already tell who's going to relapse this weekend. You can peg it out. So you can know that you're, you know, I'm not going out with those cats this right. weekend. I, I could go down there right now. You can smell it. It has nothing to do with how good of a treatment center we are or we're not. This happens all over the place. People want it or they don't want it, but they're willing to make a bad decision. You can smell it on people. I had to walk alone for like two months because everybody kept relapsing around me. It was like, I, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to hang up by myself. Yeah. That's it. And I did. And it was fine. I was like, because that's what I had to do. But relapse is so predictable, it's ridiculous. Nobody trips and falls into a pile of alcohol like you did on your last one. Right. That's why I said, did you see it coming beforehand? Yeah. It was already lined up for yeah, you. it was. It was already there. You go downstairs right now. You'll find people in the back. They're already talking how they're getting high this weekend. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. And it's, it's like... And after that happened, like, I I had to make a decision for myself. Like, I, I ended up getting sent back to detox. Some people got kicked out. And I had so much time to contemplate. I was like, because I didn't know if I was going to get kicked out or what was happening. And, and that was another, like, God moment of I got a second chance. And I was like, I, I easily could have got thrown out. And I'm like, I that's where I was like, I'm going to have to make a decision my, for myself. I'm either going to have to like step, step it up and either I want this or I don't. And that was like, I really like started to like step up, put on my big girl pants. And I was like, I want this. Like there's no other, like, this is my deck of cards. Like I've got to, I've got to roll with it's it. It's all or nothing. It really is all or nothing. I've let my family down. Big, biggest of all, I've let myself down. Like I want, like I said before, I want more for myself. Um, I've cheated death so many times, and it's literally life or death for me. Like this is life or death for me. And like I want to be able to live a beautiful life and like have nice things. Like I want success for myself, and I want sobriety, and like. I know at the end of the day, if I just put action into it, I go to these meetings and I listen to people talk about how, like, when they're putting sober time together and they're doing the right steps, it, all come, light, it comes hand in hand, success and sobriety, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same thing with business, you know, we get, we got to wrap it up. 
But it's the same thing in business. It's the same thing with friendship. You, it's you got to put something into a friendship to go to the next level. Right. You got to. Yeah. Kaylee, you're 24 years old. You got your whole life ahead of you. You're killing it right now. Just keep it going. I promise you, it'll be come together. I get goosebumps saying it. It's not, you got so much good going for you. What you just said now, just do one thing, do it right, go to the next. I promise you, you'll kill it. Really do. Thanks for being with me today. Thank you for having me. You got it. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Please join us next week. Um, This is The Power to Create Yourself, and I'm Ross Vermeen, and it means the world to me that you are with us today. Have a good one. Thank you for joining us this week on The Power to Create Yourself. We hope to have you tune in again next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition with Ross Ramin on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have an enlightening week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.